Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly Sourdough, Murgatroyd, how are you this morning? Oh my God. Kimberly Sourdough? That's what you went with? Kimberly Sourdough. You know why I called you Sourdough? Why? A little known fact, maybe not so little to the uh, to the people out there in TV land, but Sourdough is increasingly becoming the most new hobby in this COVID uh, I almost said post-pandemic. Look at me, future pacing in this uh, in this current pandemic environment. People are baking bread. Why are they? Why are you gals? Because I think it's mostly a gal thing. Why are you gals breaking? You bread? You know what? I will argue it is not a gal thing because mm. the two people that I watch their videos to learn how to make the sourdough are both men, mm-hmm. and I have multiple references for men baking sourdough. So. I think uh, one, it's easy. <laughs> it takes three ingredients in your house. Um, it is. It can be artistic. It, not when I do it, but when other people do it, they're very artistic about it. And it's unlimited. It's variety. You can make like this weekend. I'm not making one. I'm buying one from a friend that makes it better than me. And I'm buying an olive loaf for us because I thought that would be delicious. I and, think it will be. But listen, yeah. I have two I have two problems before we get into today's That's subject. That's a really good segue into the, into today's subject. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna divert you. Um, so Can't there's wait. there's there's two problems I have. One is. I'm loving this new Nespresso, right? It's fantastic. I don't know if I'm getting cancer from it or not, but it makes a beautiful cup of coffee. Puts the foam on top. That's what she said. Sorry, a little late on that. I was taking notes for our upcoming thing. Teed that, teed that thing right up for you. I'm so sorry. But when you order these Nespresso pods that say like baked creme brulee crumbly cookie. And then, you know, you have this vision in your mind of, you know, this French pastry that you're going to drink, which is weird in itself, but then you taste it and you're like- And it just tastes like coffee? It just tastes like coffee. 
So I don't drink a lot of coffee. And this morning I made myself a, a cappuccino, a goat milk cappuccino, okay? Mm. I couldn't tell if the coffee went bad, the milk went bad, or if what happened, I didn't really enjoy it. And I feel like I was in Studio 54 for 54 hours uh, with Steve LaBelle. And I, like my eyes are blurry. <laughs> it's, it's really funny you said that. It's it's Steve Rubel, oh, Rubel. but Patty LaBelle oh, yeah. played in this club okay, a lot. I, I obviously wasn't alive during that time. So. I think she did You Can Ring My Bell. You, you can, can ring, ring my, my bell. bell. You got to check right, What that. are we talking about today? One other thing that oh we're going to talk about before we God. get into the thing. If you look here, yeah. do you see what's happening? Your droop? Only when my, you make that face. No, watch. I'm just going to close my mouth. I'm going to explain to you. Uh, okay. To he's, you. he's he's jacked up about the fact that his face is drooping. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like if you, if you made a baked Alaska and you left it out in the sun, <laughs> that's what the corners of my mouth look Let me like. See. Do it. Okay. Well, you're making a weird face. That's not a me. weird face. That's my face. It's not your face. Look. Because I've seen your face for a long no, time. But, no, I, I hide it from you. Look. Okay. Rob, I'm not frowning. I swear to God, you're you're you are such a diva. You will come up with an issue to focus on in Google and invite nine million more things into our home. Speaking Listen, of issues, why do you keep digressing? What do you want to talk about today in the podcast? Oh my God, you let's are talk crazy. about it. Let's get on with it. Okay, so we are going to talk about where does happiness come from. And the reason I wanted to talk about this today is I was at my friend Jess's house last night. She did a really beautiful thing with her friends. She invited a bunch of women over to make vision boards. And we did vision boards. We did collagen mocktails. We did wine. We did charcuterie. We did the whole shebang. But all the women were like, God, I haven't made a vision board in 10 years. And they were so excited and cutting things out of magazines and words that spoke to them and all of that. And then... You know, Jess was like, I, she only had a couple of things and she was like, I think I'm going to wait. And I think I'm going to let my vision board grow. And I said, that's a great idea because for us, you know, what you and I have learned is we used to have the vision board with 9 million things on it that we stuck in the bathroom or, you know, in the closet. And I think one year, like it fell behind my dresser and I didn't even notice it for like eight months which you know shows you how much I looked at it. And when we shifted and we started creating a vision board with massive intention, and not intention to complete it, but just intentional intention on what we wanted, and we put it in a place that we saw it every day, talked about it every day, that's when we actually were able to manifest it. And I was telling Jess, I was like, look, if you only have a couple of things on it, I think that's great because you can have intention around those things because our job here in life is to find joy, is to find happiness, is to find gratitude, is to share that with others. And the things on your vision board, other than just collecting stuff or you know having a million things, I think it's important to be intentional about the things that are truly going to impact your life and bring joy and happiness. And by things, I don't necessarily just mean material things. And I'll explain that in a second. But we started to have this conversation about what truly makes you happy. And there's a lot of studies that talk about different things, whether it's external things that make you happy or internal things that make you happy. And, you know, people are often like, well, if I could just 
get to this goal and attain these things, then I would be happy. And of course, the person gets to that goal, they attain those things, and then the bar is set higher and then higher and higher and higher. And it never ends. And I think that there's a sweet spot that people should um, look at and really examine. Like my friend last night mentioned, she goes, look, I want a bigger house. We have two kids, they're growing up. I want a bigger house, but I don't want to compromise on location. She lives two blocks from the beach. She has the most beautiful sunsets, but she wants a bigger house. And she's like, it doesn't need to be that big. And she pointed to a house across the street that was massive. And I said, why Why do you not want it to be that big? Is it because you don't think you can attain it or because you truly don't want it? And she said, I truly don't want it. And I said, okay, so for me, when I look at a house, this was a massive, massive house. When I look at that house, I truly don't want it either, but I don't want it because I don't want to have rooms in it that I don't even go into, that I still have to clean. I don't want the repairs that come along with having 17 bathrooms. I don't want, you know, there are specific things. I don't want to have to heat that thing, you know, and like I'd rather have the amount of space I actually need plus a little bit, you know, for 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 the factor, for the kid factor of toys going everywhere or whatever. But I truly don't want that house, not because I don't believe I can have it. I don't think it's going to bring me any more happiness. I think there's a sweet spot in finding happiness. And I think the house is a good example. I know I was just sharing this with you, Rob, but if you think it's a good idea, I'll share here. You know, like let's say there's a scale on houses, okay? Because people think houses are going to make them happy. So on the scale of zero, zero being like a shanty house that barely has a roof and the other end of the scale is the biggest mansion in the world, right? So that's your scale. Somewhere in there for you, there is a sweet spot of you have enough space, the things that will make you happy, meaning like for Rob, what he wants, he doesn't necessarily want a bigger house, although maybe one more bedroom would be good. He wants a view. And he wants the view because nature invokes a, an inspiration in us in nature, seeing the sunset, seeing the surf, seeing the the different elements of nature, the birds, all of that, that brings us joy and happiness. So that's the primary reason that we want an ocean view house. It's not because we want this massive mansion at the ocean, but we want to experience the nature, the beauty that is this area every single day. So for us, the sweet spot is not all the way up to the mega mansion with 15 bedrooms and whatever. It's kind of in the middle. It's a nice house that has enough bedrooms for family to stay with us, but not so much that you get lost. It has a nice view of nature, the ocean, the whatever, the sunset. And I don't feel like it's overwhelming in repair costs, in heating costs, in having to clean the damn thing. That's my biggest thing because I I know Rob does all the cleaning and I don't want him having to do that all day long. So there's a sweet spot is my point. And I think in America specifically, we tend to get to the next thing, the next big house. And then you get there, you're in it for a minute and you're like, oh, I want something bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I think you get later in life and you realize I don't actually want this shit and you downsize. And... I feel like we take all, put all this pressure on ourselves to attain and attain and attain because you think it's going to make you happy, but it really brings more stress and aggravation and frustration. 
So I think knowing there's a sweet spot, and I'm using a house as an example, but there's a lot of other things that I could use as well. Okay, that was a long ass diatribe. No, it was really good. Okay, so. So that's an example of an external motivator for happiness, right? An external thing that would be bringing you happiness, not necessarily an internal. And we can talk about that in a minute too. Okay, let me, there's a lot of different directions that I can take this in, but let me, let me tell you the thing that is is hitting me the most when you said this. In year, you know, look, everything is like hindsight is twenty twenty, right? How I'm processing this this information is radically different than I processed it when I was thirty years old. When I was twenty or thirty years old, I was when I was manifesting, you know, having a vision board and all those things. You brought me back to a time. I think I was sort of like just out of chiropractic school where I made my first vision board. And frankly, a lot of the things that were on the vision board I got, including, you know, this big giant house and Mercedes, Porsche, BMW, all at the same time, yacht, the whole shebanga. And the vision board that I created, it's really interesting how you're framing this because the vision board that I created at that time was not used or not looked at through the lens of the sweet spot that you're describing it was looked at through the lens of a story that I was telling myself. It was looked at through the lens of a a vision that I wanted to create for my life that was a vision, but it wasn't necessarily a vision that I wanted. And it was a story. It was a big giant castle house. It was was a Mercedes and the Porsche and the yacht. And and it was a story that I created of this character that was quite frankly disassociated from my desires. And when I got all of those things, the weight of the world was on my shoulder. The amount of money that I had to create to maintain it because I didn't buy it cash. I I got uh, you know car payments, house payments, all this, all that stuff. The amount of work that I had to do, and none of it was crafted through the lens of what you're describing. It was crafted through the lens of some just arbitrary vision that I thought my life would look good at. Now, as I've grown older, I've looked. I've looked to more of the things that make me happy, but there was a there was a lynch point that happened a couple of weeks ago where I was still tripping up in this area, and it was um, I had dinner with uh, my friend Darren and uh, and Chris Harder in in Beverly Hills one night, and the two of them were you know talking about things that they're working on. Darren's you know it's got a hundred million dollar company. Chris is building a hundred million dollar company. And I felt like, you know, sort of the schmuck that was there that did not Every have- Every time you say the word schmuck now that I know what it is, it it's, makes me laugh. It's the tip of the penis that they cut off when they do a-, a, a It's a Jewish word. It's a Yiddish word. <laughs> so you really feel like a schmuck because <laughs> you're literally the cutoff end of a, a foreskin. <laughs> um, and I just, I felt like, you know, I felt inadequate and I was like, well, why, you know, what the fuck's wrong with me? Why am I not doing this? And then my friend Chris, which, and when you have a great tribe of friends, they do things like this. But my friend Chris kind of grabbed me by the neck and he said, look, we need to talk. He said, you've got the, you've got the world, you got the world by the balls. You figured it out. You're happy. You're living the life that you want. You're at the beach during the day. You're working on your blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know, I, I just, I feel like I need more money. He's like, well, how much do you need? And I said, 2 million bucks. He said, a year? And I said, yeah, I need to be making a $2 million income. He said, why? 
And I didn't have a great answer. And it was more like, because it sounds like a, it sounds like a lot of money. And yeah, you know, this is a, a much longer story that I'll shorten here. And it was, tell me exactly what you want. We're going to build your dream life budget, right? So to your point with the, the vision board, everything on the vision board now is quantified for me. So when I look and I say, I want a villa, we want a villa in Tuscany. Well, then how much is the villa? It's a million bucks. Well, how much do you want to save each year over the course of the next 10 years to be at, well, it's a hundred thousand bucks, right? A hundred thousand, roughly 80,000 bucks, 83,333 to be exact over the next 10 years, we'll get you a million dollars cash paid for it. Okay. Well, you got to put, you got to put that aside. What else do you want? So every single thing on the board I had to put on. Now, here's the interesting part. I could have very easily and have done put a picture of a Tesla up there and went, okay, well, I'd love to have a Tesla. Why not? I deserve a Tesla. Tesla's a cool car. It's environmentally friendly and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not a Ferrari, you know, it's, it's like a, it's a more sensible car and, and all the reasons why I would put it on there. But when you create a dream life budget to go along with your dream life vision board, well, then you got to quantify it. And so two things happened there. Thing number one was I thought the car I wanted was 35,000. In fact, it's 135,000. That was a little wake up call there. And then the second thing is I didn't want to have another car payment because we don't have a car payment now. We got rid of it and we said we never want to have another one. Well, if you don't want a car payment and it costs 135,000, you got to come up with 135,000. And then I looked at it and went, I don't want to do the work that I need to do to make $135,000 to buy this car. So then it caused me to really look at and weigh every single thing on it. Villa. Yeah, I'm willing to do the work for that. But, I will I will on. knock through some walls but, to but do the work is, for that. But this is the point in why we're talking about happiness. It's not necessarily, I don't want to do the money for that. The happiness portion of this, the villa... Why do we want the villa? We want the villa because we want our family to have a legacy, a place to go in Italy, a place to bring their family forever and ever and ever. We want to have holidays with our family there. We want to bring our friends there and celebrate life the way the Italians do. It's not the structure. It's not the 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 bricks. It's not the ego, which in your your. 25-year-old vision board having the massive house was the vision of success. It's it that made that was like I made it. If I have all of these things, no one can ever say I didn't make it. That's not the that's not the reason for this. That's not the the point. The point of the villa is to bring our family and friends together in a beautiful environment and celebrate life. That's the point of the villa. And so that's why we're willing to run through a wall for it. But the Tesla, you could give a shit. You were like, it's a, I don't know. It's like a car that is going to drive you where? Because we drive the car here basically twice a week. So it was like, what What was the point? The point was- I don't have, even drive it twice a week. You do. I do. But the point was to have it basically, right? Like I, so I can drive a Tesla to Target. Like that's the only place I drive through. We walk everywhere. So there was no real point of happiness. There was, there was no spark Marie Kondo, right? The, the Tesla wasn't going to bring you joy. It was just going to bring you a car payment, which is why it wasn't worth it to you. Like I look right now at our vision board and our vision board and our dreamline kind of are the same. So we have a house that looks at the ocean. That again, it's not about 
oh, look at how beautiful my fancy house is with my Sub-Zero. It's actually the pictures we have on the board are of the deck looking at the sunset because that's what we're after. It's not the house. I just had this big aha here. And I'm gonna do the best I can to take this emotional thing in my head and give it to you, give it to you to use because it's it's a reference to surfing that some people may or may not understand. So I'm gonna try and make it as as simple as I can. I think what happens with a vision board is we get this vision or this idea that we want, and we start you know cutting out the cutting out these pictures. But what we don't really listen to is what are the things that right now are popping up in your minds. They keep popping up. Like for us, every Sunday, we watch Italian something or other, right? On YouTube, movies, that kind of thing. There's always this Italian thing that's popping up. So we, so there's this, there's this thing inside of us that's like, we really, we really need to be splitting our time between Southern California and Italy. We've, we've wanted this for 15 years. It's kind of always here. So that definitely needs to go on there, right? The Tesla, I don't think I've ever thought of a Tesla, you know, but if you- I don't think you, you've ever driven a Tesla. But if you asked me what car to get, I'd go, oh, I got a Tesla. <laughs> but it's not the thing that's popping up in my mind. And the surfing reference is sometimes when, you know, not sometimes, but pretty much when you go out surfing and it's not, you know, a crazy day where there's wave after wave, you're sitting out there and you're waiting for a set. And when the set comes in, you can see out in the distance when you're looking out in the ocean that you start to notice that there are waves that are starting to build. And so my surf instructor will say to me, there's another set coming in, um, get ready. And I view sort of this goal manifestation vision board thing as what's the set that's coming in, right? What's the thing that's coming in? And for us, it's like splitting our time in Europe. It's creating new courses that we want to, you know, finally sit down and actually create like a proper course to take people through different things in their life. It, 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 and there's a lot, I don't want to go through every single personal thing that we want, but the idea is that there's, there's this thing that just keeps coming up for us. I think that's the thing. Those are the rockets of desire that Esther's talking about. It's this, you know, there's always this next rocket, right? That, that pops up. That's the thing that needs to go on, to, on the vision board because that's the thing that the you know, source, your inner being, the universe is telling you, this is what you're interested in. This is what you want. This is, you know, to use an esterism, this is the thing that's in your vortex. Mm -hmm. And I think when you go beyond that, then you're disassociated and you're just kind of cutting and pasting and going, I like the word, and it's I like much. the word affluence. I like the word abundance. Okay, but great, that, that's but good. If it now, but but you, if that's the thing, if you're waking up and the word abundance is like coming up every day and it's like, you need to, sh then, then it makes sense. Then you put it down. But, but it's so easy to just start to paint this fairy tale that you're disassociated with and it's not something that you're thinking about. And then it falls behind your dresser and you never look at it again. Yeah. And 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 honestly, like if I look down, I got this little goal list here. And if I look down, you know how many goals are on it for like my life? Eight. That's it. I have eight goals. There's not, and this is like right now. Now this could change in, and 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 frankly, it could change next month. <laughs> it could change. It could change next month. So there's like this. I think this is a really important thing to do too. Sometimes Kim and I could sit there. It's kind of like you know I've heard Elton John interviewed, and it's like how long did it take to make Candle in the Wind? And he's like two minutes. Sometimes 
you just get this inspiration and it just pours out of you and it's done. You don't need to do a damn thing to it. It like, maybe you got to tweak the vocals, but you're good. Right. Other times it's like, it's coming in in pieces. And we sat on a vision board, um, for probably six months where we were like, "Mm, that's not right. Mm, That's not right. And you just kind of know it. But then when you get it and you're locked in on it and you wake up, you wake up and you look at it like, oh, this feels good. This feels good. And every day continually, it feels good. A, A trick would be to not look at the vision board and be able to write down everything that's on it. Yeah. If you can write down everything that's on it, you pretty much know it. If you can't, you probably don't want it. So, you know, those are the those those are the tips that I would give for people trying to create one of these. Right. And so this is a this is I used a vision board as an example because that's something it's January people are kind of working towards goals and all of that stuff, but Is it still January? I know, right? My challenge to you is instead of just arbitrarily picking dollar numbers, random goals, random pictures for a vision board or whatever it is that you're doing. Challenge yourself to really um, play devil's advocate and ask yourself what kind of happiness or stress this item will bring you. Like, I know full well that having a damn villa in Italy if something breaks, like, have you ever read, we used to read this book. Uh, Rob used to read to me a chapter of this book once a week. The Reluctant oh, Tuscan. The, the, the Reluctant Tuscan. The Reluctant Tuscan. And it was a writer from LA whose wife wanted to have a villa in Tuscany. And um, she was an artist. And it's kind of like Under the Tuscan Sun, but it's a real life memoir. And he's a comedy writer. So you will like literally laugh out loud. Like if you like Under the Tuscan Sun, you'll love the real, the whole title tells it all. He's a reluctant Tuscan. And so like I've read that book and I know what it is going to be like trying to get things done and the frustration, but I welcome it because I actually love that part of life. And I love that part of of, of tapping into Italian culture, even if it's super frustrating. Like I know what comes with a villa. I know what comes with living in Italy. I know that it's going to take me three hours to pay an electric bill and you can't just send in a check. Like I know these things and I, I, I get it. I understand it, but I'm welcoming it because I see the bigger vision for it. So when you're looking and challenging yourself, like what what happiness could this bring? What stress would it bring? Is this something that's truly going to enhance my life versus another thing to acquire, to put in a box that you're never gonna see again? You know, so really, really my challenge is to get, after the year we've had, get, simplify, just simplify. Simplify your life, simplify your vision, Go after what you really, really want. Don't settle for living by default. Don't settle for the life that you have right now. You can shift anything in your life and you have the ability to do it. You have the support to do it. If you don't have the support at home, you have the support with Rob and I. Reach out to us and we'll help you. Like we we need to start focusing as a world globally on living in joy and love and not this fear-based shit every day. We need to start focusing on being happy. The biggest thing with the Blue Zones and living a long life is being happy 
and living in joy. And that is where we need to focus. So that's my challenge for you today. All right, I'll leave you with this. You said something that was really interesting to me a moment ago. And that is, we were talking about like paying an electric bill in Italy. Um, for those of you that don't know, it's th- the bureaucracy in Italy is just absolutely maddening, right? So there's a little, you've, long-term listeners of the show know that we've talked about stupid idea time. It's your way to brainstorm different things. And you can use that process to create a vision board. But we've, we've developed a new strategy, which is the opposite end of that now, which is what if it works, right? So you want to look at your vision board and ask yourself, well, what if it works? So if we have a villa uh, using the villa example, if we have a villa on the board, well, what if it works? Well, what if it works? You're going to be in the middle of Italian bureaucracy, right? And if you've seen the movie Under the Tuscan Sun, you saw what she had to deal with when the villa was falling apart and she had to go to the uh, to the commune uh, in Italy and try and get anything done, the permits, the time, the, re- the, the, the ridiculousness. But all of that is a trade-off that's worth it to us, right? On the other end of the spectrum, we're living in California where it's easy breezy, quite literally. I'm looking out now with a light breeze, 72 degrees and sunny. And I spent the day at the beach at 85 and sunny yesterday. It is absolutely gorgeous, perfect. It is the lifestyle we want. What comes with that is crazy California Politics. There is an entirely different set of problems here. The politics is insane. Politics, taxes. The taxes is insane, but it is a trade-off. Housing costs. Housing costs. It is a trade-off that we are willing to deal with. So be very careful of talking yourself out of what you want. So somebody can say, well, what do you want to live in? The, like some Italian can say to you, why would you want to put up with these politics? Why would you, I mean, this, uh, this bureaucracy. Somebody in California can say, hey, look, I left California because of the politics. I left because of the homeless. I left because of blah, blah, blah. But for you, at this stage of the game, the trade-off is worth it. The point that I think Kim is trying to make is this is personal. This is about you. Yes, California is a pain in the ass, but every freaking day that I get down there and I get on the beach, I feel alive in my soul. And when this podcast is over, we're gonna jump on our bicycles and we're gonna go down on the beach and that makes us happy. I can bitch and moan all day long about the cost of living, about the politics, about everybody leaving. Or you could be grateful for what you have. Grateful for what I have or say, this is right for me. Right. It's right for me in 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 the who I don't know who said this, but warts and all. So right? don't get so don't allow external pressure of society, your friends, or whatever. Or even self-imposed. What you want, or even, even self-imposed, yeah. where you're making a pro and con list. Yeah. Like if it feels like, but is but I'm having a cappuccino. I, okay, I got to wait three hours to pay an electric bill, but. Damn, sitting here and watching the the parade of Italians go by down the street in the the high heels and the hair and the like it's I love being in the environment. Okay. So can I tell you something really funny before we say goodbye? Okay. I was listening to a tribute to George Clooney yesterday and his wife was talking about um, you know, what an amazing man that he is. But he's also a practical joker. I don't know if you've heard this. He loves to tell, he loves to do jokes on people. And they were going through all the things that he does to people that they are pissed about. And there's a million of them. I won't go through them all, but there was one that was so fucking funny. Matt Damon, they're on the, they're on the, uh, the movie Ocean's Eleven. And he's, he's feeling like he's gaining some weight. So he hired the trainer and he has the trainer come. 
he found out the pair of pants that he had. And every day when he took the pants off, he had somebody sneak into the trailer and tighten the waist and tighten everything. So as he was losing- Then just get a smaller size? Whatever he had to do. Yeah, he, okay. he, he either changed- So he put on a smaller pair of pants so he felt like he was getting fatter Either he fatter. changed it or yeah. he had it, depending upon the thing. Got it. And he was waiting for Matt Damon to come. Matt's like, dude, nothing fucking I'm doing is working, man. I can't even get these pants on. Like, what is going on? <laughs> I just thought that was hysterical. That's awesome. All right. So before we let you go, we are going to be launching our free Dream Life course soon. So if you are not on that VIP list, get on it. You can text us Dream Life at 310-388-9724 and you will be first in line to get our course. All right. That's it, everybody. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.